south side, it keeps getting built up, built up more and more. Somebody asked me, well, when do you think the south side's gonna build another HEB? I'm thinking, another HEB? Good Lord. That would be eight. Do we need eight HEBs? So welcome back everyone to the podcast. I am John and I am here with festive Tom Tarver. Tom, always good to see you, brother. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, John. How are you this morning? I am a-okay, getting into the spirit. Got my Feliz Navidad shirt on. So um, I got a few more holiday I got t-shirts. My, what's it? I don't need Google shirt on. My wife, my wife knows everything. So <laughs> it's Time actually get in a, trouble. It's actually a a, a Christmas gift. So ah, okay, guess from whom? Uh huh. The one my, who knows all. Yeah, all my retirement uh, uh, t-shirts. They, you know, she got those, and all my all my funnier ones, like uh, you know, I forget what the other ones. <laughs> it's funny. I know what the theme is. The theme is 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 distractions. You know, I had a nickel for every time I got distracted. Oh, ice cream. That's right. It's the story of my life, man. That's uh, that's me. I tell people it's one of the greatest days of my life when Gloria finally looked at me and said, you're not kidding, are you? Like, I would forget stuff or I'd be thinking about something else. And she thought I was just, you know, trying to get out of whatever or, you know, I was joking around. But no, I like I forgot. What were we talking about right now? <laughs> you know, it's a, it was a it was a freeing moment of our relationship. And it was it was good. Uh, Brad's out this week. Yeah, when she recognized that you really are, yeah. that you're not putting on. She's like, Lord, this is the man you gave me. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. So uh, Brad's out this week. Brad's doing some uh, pastoral ministry. And so we wish him well. And uh, we are going to uh, truck along here. Um, we've done a couple by, our, we've done several by ourselves, you and I, yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we started, we kicked the whole thing off. Uh, we did. That's right. So uh, blame us if you need someone to blame. <laughs> blame Tom and I. So, so I have this article, Tom, that uh, I feel be interesting. The topic itself is a topic we talk about a lot around here because it matters to us about uh, what's happening in our churches and you know people not coming as often as they used to, uh, people dropping out. Matter of fact, it's what we talked about last week in a in a, in a way. Talked about you know some reasons you know why people were leaving, uh, but this article comes from NPR and um, just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, great little article. As attendance slips or dips, sorry. Would you rather your attendance dip or slip? Yeah. Uh, do I need an attendance slip? So- <laughs> That's right. Where were you? As yeah. attendance dips, churches change. Can you believe that, Tom? Is there any yeah, other yeah. phrase in in and an ecclesial uh, study that just seems so ironic. Churches change. Yeah. And uh, first of all, it reminds me of one of our, it's been a few weeks ago when you were talking about flying drums, you know, that as a part of a presentation, <laughs> a church worship experience. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, that's one of those changes I'm going, I, I think, you know, when we start moving into entertainment, mm. uh, trying to entertain the masses or attract the ma- masses with entertainment, that that that's um, 
that's not a direction I would encourage encourage going. But on the other hand, the the fact that the church has changed from the very beginning and has discussed what those changes were would be because uh, Acts is this movement from uh, you know twelve twelve disciples, the remaining disciples. What are we sure. going to do? Uh, and the the hundred plus people who were with them praying. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit uh, comes down, you know, really both uh, uh, literally and symbolically lights a fire uh, uh, on the church. And the message spreads throughout Jerusalem, this Jewish community, but it keeps spreading and it goes to the, you know, to the half breeds the you know, the, the, the Gentile Jewish groups known as the Samaritans, and then it, mm-hmm. you know, heads on out. And, and, and at some point, somewhere in the book of Acts, which is talking about this, you know, this movement, they're having to get uh, gathered together. And I don't remember uh, which chapter it is. I'm thinking it's somewhere around chapter 16. But by that time, the, the, the gospel message has been, been so transformational that it's moved into communities that never were Jewish. Yeah. And okay, so now what do we do? You know, do we keep up our Jewish uh, r- rituals and uh, our Jewish uh, religious laws and, and teach them that? And they're kind of like, no, it comes down to this and just a few things so that, you know, that, that when Jewish and non-Jewish Christians come together, there wouldn't be these truly offensive things uh, to either culture that would be happening. So, so the, the, the church has always tried to figure out how to adapt itself and what it needs to either change or do or become as it's becoming all of this stuff, right? Yeah. You well, see that. Yeah. And, the, and, and there is an anchor to that or a foundation to all of that. And sure. it's the person of Jesus Christ. So, right. so it's the centrality of the message centered around Jesus Christ. And then, you know, uh, what are the things that that we have to change because of the culture and what are we going to change within the culture because we're here? So, you know, those two things are are interacting It's like we're not becoming the culture around us. We're influencing the culture around us, but we're becoming enough. uh, You know, we're you know, here's something as simple as we're learning the language. It's not my native language. English is, you know, I grew up with English. But if I, you know, in certain uh, circumstances, in order to adapt to the culture around me, I'm going to learn Spanish, which I'm working on. Uh, Lynn Sweet, always his book, he always talked about, you know, uh, how did he put it? You know, you know, the um, the printing press world versus the Google world, speaking of your shirt. Right. And those two worlds are completely different. Right. And, uh, you know, the church, they learn to adapt to the printing press uh, world, but the Google world is here. It's it has been here. It's going to be here. And how do we adapt to that now? That's kind of, you know, a kind of a big picture sense of of kind of where we are. And so, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We have been trying to figure out what we do, uh, what we become and how we do things for a long time. So to act like this, some of some of this is like absolutely new. 
it's kind of maybe living in the moment too much, not seeing beyond ourselves. So, uh, and you use the word culture, which is good because it ties in a lot with, with something that comes out of this article that I appreciate a lot. Uh, as attendance dips, churches change to stay relevant for a new wave of worshipers. Do you have a problem with that word relevant, Tom, when it comes to church ministry? Uh, yes and no. I mean, for the most part, um, no, I don't have a problem with, with that. Um, uh, I think some of the, 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 uh, you know, our irrele irrelevance is connected to some of the things we have traditionally done, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the desire to know God and to love God and to be known by God and to, to be loved by God, uh, that message is, is always relevant in every culture and every century and every time google world or gutenberg world in fact right. you know you know we're going to adjust the message uh, uh but it's it's still going to be the message right all right all right so this article introduces us to pastor chris battle and i think i'd like to meet pastor chris a big man with the pipe clenched in his generous smile and they're talking about him having church. This is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And there's a small group on a Sunday morning sitting around a fire pit in a community garden. Um, three years ago, Battle walked away from more than three decades leading Black Baptist churches and turned his attention to Battlefield Farming Gardens in Knoxville. They grow vegetables and sell them at a farmer's market. They also collect unsold produce from around the city and deliver it to people in public housing once a week. This is now their church. Battle says he left because traditional church was not connecting with people. He felt they were turned off by the sermons, the pitches for money, and the Sunday morning formality of it all. Uh, do our churches have trouble connecting, like really connecting with people? What do you think he means by that? Well, you know, one of the, one of the things it, it makes, uh, you know, this goes back a lot of years. Uh, one of the churches that I served up in Wisconsin where, and I've, I've never forgotten this. Uh, that's why I can tell the story now because I haven't forgotten it. No, <laughs> no there were, there were two, two women. They were about the same age. You know, they they were, uh, they were actually, I think as old as I am now are older. So I'm, I'm in my sixties. So they were sixties, seventies, and they had been longtime members in the church. Uh, and, the, and they, and they sat, you know, one pew, uh, one woman sat in the pew in front of the other woman. And I mean, there's probably she, the, the, the one behind could have reached out and touched the head of the one in front. They did not know one another by name mm -hmm. at all. And that shocked me. It's like, you two are longtime members. You've been sitting to near one another all these years and you don't even know the person's name who sits right there um and so so one of the things that 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 happens within the context of the church is we can come uh we can experience worship hopefully uh you know one of the reasons that those are ladies were actually in uh, the church where i pastored it's on some level it, individually they were connecting with god sure but uh, uh you know 
But on the other side of that, we can we can go through all of that and never connect with uh, our community of faith. And certainly we can go through all of that and not connect with the community that surrounds us. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that that we see in the uh, in the scriptures is how the, the gospel got out, not because people gathered in a building or gathered in a particular worship, designated worship spot, it's because uh, the, the, those who carried the good news about Jesus Christ went to the places where people gathered. Uh, the philosophical gathering in, in Athens, the, the, the place where, uh, where um, people gathered, I think it was beside a, a, a river uh, and for something other than worship. You know, just they, they went to where the community gathered but they brought the message with them. So, yeah. Um, talk about the, you see a lot of churches still trying to do, uh, you know, theology on tap kind of things. Or, you know, we had, when we had Michael Beck here, you know, talking about fresh expressions, you know, church of the tattoo parlor, uh, things like that. Church at the dog park. You know, you see this kind of idea that people have, we, we need to be where people are because, that's where that's where relationships are formed, right? And so, uh, battle says these, these ideas that um, uh, the, the institutional church, I think, the, we just we're not fostering and nurturing real relationships. And to me, that's burdensome because I feel like that's that's exactly what the church is supposed to be. Like we're, yeah. you know, uh, at our church, you know, Tom, we we emphasize a lot the family of God. And that's supposed to mean something, right? Um, now, maybe we're the crazy uncle in the family or the long lost cousin, but we're still the family, right? And that 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 means something when, whenever we see each other. That means something for how we interact with each other and and even the expectations we have of each other. And so to know that, and, and I do know myself, I, exactly like you, I could probably come up with a few stories myself in churches we've been a part of. It's like, yeah, these are people you see every day, excuse me, every week. And yeah, I don't know them at all, <laughs> you know? And, right, right. And how, when, and how we let that happen is beyond me. One of, the, one of the things that was really helpful just happened a few days ago uh, with, it, with, it, with our church, meaning for those who don't know, uh, I'm a retired pastor and I attend um, uh, Kelsey Memorial uh, United Methodist Church in Corpus Christi where John is, is, uh, the pastor. Anyway, um, our He's church always on me about my sermons. Golly, man, our church, our church gathered Friday night, uh, men's enchilada, uh, dinner. And, and two things happened that day for me that, that, um, were, was definitely outside of the worship experience on Sunday morning. One is, there were those who ne needed to be there as the men's group that was providing the um, providing the meal, although it was the women who were in the kitchen making sure we did it right. And, and, <laughs> and we we uh, they did, the ladies did a great job of getting us moving in the right direction. But I was there to help prepare the enchiladas. And I was only there about an hour, but in that hour, I, I learned, you know, one of the ladies names that I didn't know. Um, I, I learned about her husband. Uh, it was a chef. Didn't meet him because he hadn't arrived yet. 
uh, later. And then, you know, so, so that happened in, in a, a working environment where we're working side by side, doing something yeah. together. And then that evening, um, Ellen and I sat down and there were those that we already knew. And then we uh, uh, began to learn the extended family uh, aspect. We, so, and this was now, instead of doing something together, now we were uh, seated at the, at the dinner table together. And, uh, and, we, and we learned uh, about the different connections. And even as we were leaving, and you will, you will know that these, you know, just by my description, you'll know uh, the, the, this group of ladies. But we met four ladies who were all sisters. One of them was, was stopped us at the, as we we're on our way out and we're talking. And she said, this is my sister. She's 99 years old. And this, uh, you know, this is my other sister. She's 90. And I, I don't know if she's 92 or 91, because I think there was a little discrepancy there. You know, <laughs> she's 92. No, I'm 91 or the other way around. I don't remember. But anyway, you know, we're all sisters. And I, you know, I've seen these ladies every week. I didn't know that they were they were sisters. I didn't know that the this woman and I've seen her uh, every, uh, you know, every Sunday that I'm there, I see her son helping her uh, into the church and out of the church. And now I learned she's 99 years old. And so, so those kind of things happen and they build community and you, and you feel a part of it because you now know their names and they know your name. That's great. And one of those sisters is my 85 year old barber, by the way. Uh, so uh, she does. Yeah. And I mean, she's an actual barber. She's not like one of these just people who can cut. She's a barber anyway. All right. So, yeah, connections, community. Someone said, uh, or, or read something, I don't remember, but, uh, you know, if whatever new ministry you do uh, in the next season of a church, do it around a table. And I yeah. really appreciated that because, that, I mean, that, that you know, just the word table alone speaks to us a lot because, you know, draws us to the imagery of a communion table. But just, you know, what the table means even beyond that, just it's fellowship, it's, it's, it's uniting, right? And it's common uh, need and common space and it's it's everything so yeah whatever ministry you're going to do do it around a table that's um and even like oh you know how do we reach out well yeah, reach out around a table you know uh instead of just the you know low let me you know just go do something for somebody you know put in my you know my morning at the food bank or at the homeless shelter or whatever else and then be done with it uh find a way to be at the table with someone and uh, yeah. watch how that, that interaction and that communion can change things. All right. So he said, uh, I felt they were turned off. Well, I want to, I want to build on that because just this Come morning, on, Bob the builder. Yeah. I was, I was with a friend and uh, we have co coffee uh, on Monday mornings together and we we're just reminiscing, you know, of course this, this year, um, Christmas falls on Sunday, yep. and and different churches um, um, or are making different decisions about what they're going to do. Um, uh, Kelsey uh, has decided we are going to have worship services on Christmas Eve. Now, my former uh, 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 church, Asbury. Uh, and, and unless I've mis misunderstood or unless they uh, change it, are not meeting on Christmas uh, morning. And um, 
And I remember uh, that during my time as pastor, that that also happened. And uh, and I don't remember because we were kind of talking about uh, what we did. And I think I don't remember if this happened on Christmas morning or if it happened the next week on New Year's Day. But what we what we did decided is we're going to make it simple. Mm-hmm. We're going to actually read a children's book with mm-hmm. illustrations, um, uh, and and uh, and have you know. But we we and at Asbury we could do this. We could simply move the chairs out, bring tables in, and we 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 brought in round tables, and uh, and and put chairs around them. Then there were rocking chairs, two rocking chairs up front, and. And uh, my associate pastor, uh, Trudy Paul, and I uh, sat up front and we talked about Christmas and we, we read that this story that was Christmas related and, uh, and people sat around tables and we, and, and we were just talking, Bill and I were talking this morning about the significant difference between lining up in rows in, in pews or chairs versus uh, sitting around a table. And what, what naturally happens when you sit around the table is now you're facing one another mm-hmm. and you, and you may, uh, it may initially be awkward at first because you're not used to seeing another person and talking with them. Uh, but eventually what happens is you begin to engage in conversation and, and you get to know one another. So, so when you talk about the, the table, we did that. And I was telling, you know, it was a, it was a very special moment in my pastoral life to be a part of that planning and to see it pulled off. And if I were going to start from scratch, I would start with round tables in, in, in a worship, in a worship experience. So, Hey, Hey, Tom, I, 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 you, maybe you can help me do this. If anybody from Kelsey is listening, which if they're not, that really defeats the purpose of us having this podcast to begin with, but we got to get rid of the long tables, man. I think churches need to have round tables. It's too easy if the long tables, oh, you're down there. I don't have to. You're okay. You're on that side of the table. But the round tables, they, they draw us together. Okay. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Having having that, having that the table tables as part of our worship, I think, is meaningful uh, in a lot of ways. And we've actually done that in, in a couple of ways. We were getting started with some of that right before um uh pandemic as a matter of fact i think the last gathering that we had as a church before uh the pandemic was actually the early march we were we did exactly that we were gathered around tables we had communion we had a meal we were worshiping and it was to me it was it was beautiful and very meaningful and i'm hoping uh we can get back to that so uh Pastor, what's his name? Pastor Chris says uh, that he needed to find a different way to do church differently. And I mean, even your idea about, you know, Christmas Day around the table, that sounds dramatically different for a lot of people. And so, but even if it's just a simple idea like that, it is something that uh, helps us uh, kind of see beyond where we are to make sure we are building community, fostering relationships, connecting with the gospel and and deepening our communion with each other. Now, this church 
Uh, they do it a little differently. They like you, like you heard at the beginning, they have a community garden and they use that and they take in other uh, resources to give to other people as well. And that's their community action. Um, what about the other part? As a pastor, Tom, maybe this, we don't have to go too far, but when he says the people were turned off by the sermons, the pitches for money and the Sunday morning formality, did you ever have a problem with the pitching for money part? Yeah, you know, that's one of the uncomfortable areas for, for uh, that was one of the uncomfortable areas for me as a pastor, knowing, knowing that, that in order to have, you know, it's just like, as a homeowner, I know they're expenses. I've got to pay the, uh, you know, the uh, county taxes, uh, the the electric bill, the gas and water uh, bill. You know, you those things those things happen. They're a part of uh, my, uh, you know, our budget at home. And the same thing happens within a church. And uh, and and I tell you, you know, say say uh, uh, at Kelsey. I never think about those things. Uh, I don't feel uh, ownership to those things, uh, you know, it, it, uh, but in, in my case, you know, you, Ellen and I are tithers. And so we give, uh, give as regularly as the, as the income comes in. And, um, and, and so, you know, but as a pastor, you know, and, and you know this, not everyone, not everyone is a, a, a giver at all, uh, or a, is a giver, and, and even fewer of them are tithers, and, uh, and, and so uh, if those things came in, you would never have to have to have conversations about yeah. that, so, yeah. so that's, you know, that's just a reality of owning, owning a building or property, uh, which moves it into you know a different conversation when you're talking about not having property and meeting in a public place. Well, and then what happens also, you know, yeah, you have all this uh, need that you have, and before you know it, like that need kind of takes on a life of its own, right? Yeah. No wonder we can't foster community because we got to get these bills paid, and we don't have time for that, you know, sitting around the table stuff. We how are we gonna get these bills paid? How are we gonna get the insurance taken care of which is all real things that we need to do because that's our responsibility at a place like this but there was a church in town uh that they didn't have a building they they were meeting at another church's facility renting space from them mm -hmm. and things were i mean it was vibrant it was things were exciting it was growing numerically and otherwise and you know uh, things were happening and so they decided we need to build our own church, right? And so the excitement that comes into that, right? Let's raise money, blah, blah, blah. And so now they're on the other side of having that building themselves. Well, then now things are different. Not, I'm not saying that, you know, they've stopped growing or anything like that. But now the priority isn't, you know, okay, let's get this done. Now it's like, and now we got to take care of this thing, right? And that just kind of yeah, takes yeah. on a, a different deal. And I'm a horrible salesperson, Tom. I'm the guy who says, look, do you want it or not, right? And that doesn't work in the sales world. So even when it comes to at the church, I'm like, look, this is your church. Right? Do you want to take care of this or not? I mean, if you do, then why why do I need to get up here and take, beg you to give more money? I'm not going to do that. Now, you, you see the wall falling down. You see everything else. If it's your church, you want to take care of it. So I'm, I, that's, well, and for those that's a home, growing edge. I, 
I haven't seen any walls falling down at Kelsey, in case you're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't been here long enough, bro. <laughs> yeah. No. But, you know, the point is I've, I've never been. I'm just like, you know, because like at our house or if I see something, yeah, I'm, we're just going to do it. And I need to. That's a growing edge of mine, Tom. I'm always working on myself. All right. So the point. But, but, um, but on the other hand, you know, it comes back to what am I responsible for? Uh, you know, as a pastor, and and if I if I take if I take uh, the you know scriptures uh, um, direction, let's say say that what I'm what I'm responsible for as a pastor is uh, is to provide uh, or to to proclaim the good news in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm responsible for. Mm-hmm. I'm also r- responsible for overseeing leadership. Uh, you know, seeing that that those who are who are um, in leadership positions within the uh, within the uh, church uh, that that they are believers in Christ that that you know that they are reflecting the you know basically the culture of the church and hopefully that would be that that they believe in Jesus Christ they're willing to serve and, and they're giving you know uh, those are the things I'm responsible for Okay, so uh, see what else he says. We're trying to create this community that people can learn to love each other and ultimately love the world and transform it through collard greens and okra, he says with another hearty laugh. Again, that's, yeah, it's how can you let your church be the church um, without it, without some of the formality? And I'm, I'm not against the formality. I think people have that wrong about me. I'm not against liturgy and that against and that stuff it's just when it's not connecting us to one another or even truly to the gospel when it's just kind of like this is what we do let's get it over with uh, then i have i have a problem with anything that gets us like that right uh let's see and the article also talks about another pastor uh there in the area kind of the same thing you know, uh, churches closing two to five churches every year, which is that's kind of where we're at as well in our area, too, uh, at least. And finding different ways. They have a c- coffee, what's it, a coffee place. People love coffee, right? I guess. But it's going to say, but, you know, to be spe- the, the church where I think where he was formerly a pastor, it, it may or not. It's a it's a former United Methodist Church. Right. That did close. And in its place is a business and a coffee shop. And though it's not like the church started the business or the coffee shop, those moved in when the church moved out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen that we have in town, we have an old church that's been closed for years. And I mean, it still has that, you know, church structure, of course, that you look at, oh, it's a church, but it's filled with an organization, a 501 uh, it's filled with a, a nonprofit organization and I think another business that's in there as well. And it's just, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And if you don't see a building, an old church building, actually on the way to, <laughs> on the way to Galveston, I go, I forget what town it is. I'd go and I see there was a church closed down and on the marquee, it said church for sale. And I was always kind of snarky about it. I wanted to make up some kind of sermon about, you know, the church being for sale. Uh, this last time I went, it was finally bought. And now it's like a one of these game rooms, you know, like the, you know, the bedding rooms and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, uh, there it is. Uh, but anyway, so here's the part and this ends the article and it kind of ends our conversation as well. But uh, he talks about uh, 
he used to, the pastor used to measure the success of a church by what he calls the BPs, butts and pews, bucks in the plate, baptism in the pool, and building programs, the BPs. Um, when he was senior pastor, the question used, used to be, how can the church change the culture? Today, he says, how do we change the culture of the church? Tom, that's the question I leave with you, because I feel like uh, exactly what you talked about towards the beginning, like in Acts, and then you see in church history, we're always, you know, the church is trying to figure out how do we share this gospel? How do we you know, share not only what we believe, but how do we share our life that has been transformed by the gospel in ways that are meaningful for everyone around us, um, holding on to that person of Jesus, but communicating all of that in a way that the world can understand where it feels like, I don't know, last several generations, it's been like, no, 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 we're going to build this and this is ours and, and this is how it is. And there's nothing else that we need to do. This, this is it, right? How do we change that culture and or what metrics do we look at now that show us where our culture is? Well, it's thinking every culture is different. I mean, just uh, that's, you know, uh, Corpus Christi, I, uh, uh, somebody would ask, you know, uh, how do you how do you dress for church? Uh, and, I, and I said, we're Corpus Christi casual. <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just casual. It's Corpus Christi casual. We're a, we're a, a city by the sea and, uh, and, uh, you know, the breezy city or something like that. Uh, what is it? Sparkling city by the sea. By the sea. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's this culture. We were, you know, uh, I, I've served, uh, I've, I've lived, literally served uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in, all around the world. Uh, I, I've been in Russia. I've been in the Middle East. I, 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 I pastored uh, a church. My first church was uh, ranch country southwest of uh, San Antonio. My next church was uh, dairy co uh, country in northwest Wisconsin. I mean, completely different. And uh, and and each culture you, is is not about is, is not about uh, well, uh, trying programs and trying to figure out which programs work or whatever. Um, but I, I remember uh, again another story from a while back. Uh, it was a university, and they were putting in they were going to put in uh, sidewalks. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a recent, you know, addition or something, but I remember that what they decided to do is let the students come and, and, and for a semester and not have sidewalks. And after the semester, then looked at the paths that they had created and say, okay, that's where we need to put the sidewalks in. Right. And, uh, and I think, uh, I, again, uh, um, you know, this idea of, of our foundation, our anchor, uh, our, our one and only message is we present Jesus Christ. But, um, but in uh, one of the things that I know has happened here in, in Corpus Christi and one of the United Methodist churches, um, uh, one is they have a yoga class, which this this uh, article mentions mm -hmm. why do they have a yoga class? But because they know within the context of this, uh, of the people that they came in contact with, 
that was one of the things that would have, you know, would bring people in and help center them in some type of Christian spiritual experience. But, you know, they um, have spent and maybe they're continuing to spend uh, a lot of time in the community on Friday nights when there's activities along the shoreline uh, and listening to what's happening within that that setting, which is close to where they serve. And so they're getting to know their neighborhood and what their neighborhood, um, what kind of neighborhood it is. And I think that's that's where we we start with the gospel. But when then we listen to the culture and we see how this connects with this and bring them together. Okay. So some of the metrics then kind of in closing, you know, it's counting butts in the seat is not going to be what it used to be. Nickels and noses. Nickels and noses. Yes. Um, You know, building projects. I think, I think we're kind of past some of that for the most part. Now, you know, a lot of us, we're the ones dealing with it now that we, you know, how do you pay for it? How do you take care of it? How do you maintain it? And so maybe better metrics is, you know, how many, new people are we did we meet you know this year as a church how many new ministries around the table did we create uh in church or out of church right uh facilities um how many people did you pray with for the first time right things like that things that um not to say okay you know we want to keep track of everything you say and do because now it's a report but that just help us understand like that's that's who we are we are relational and this is something that um the church has always done we have always connected we have always shared and so how can we ensure that that uh, is a priority uh, as a part of our uh, the culture that we have and yeah and it's not just business as usual right business as usual is no good business for us and um i'm hopeful for where we can go now from here yeah. around the table we're we're not a business. We're a community. Amen to that. All right. So we'll leave it there. Uh, Tom, I appreciate that. That's good stuff. Um, and one of the things I appreciate, appreciate about you, Tom, that I see it like you're like good at that. You're one of the people that can help other people learn how to do that. A lot of people are like, I don't know how to say hello to somebody. Or I don't know. I don't know how to introduce myself. I don't know how to have a conversation with people I've never met. I've seen you. Like, you're one of those people who can do that. Right. And so uh, that's something I think a lot of people can learn from somebody like you. Like, how do you just do that? Right. It just seems impossible. But that's part of, a, uh, I think, a growing culture uh, and knowing how to just be willing to say, hi, I'm glad you're here. My yeah. name is what's your name? You know, and just let it be what it is after that. So I appreciate that about your time. And I appreciate all your input today. That was wonderful. Uh, pay attention to how things are changing and what kind of table ministry it might god be calling you to all right so thanks for the gift every time thanks for tuning in this week we will see you next week it'll be christmas next time we air tom ho 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 <laughs> boy i have a, i'm going oh, but i have ordered all my gifts ah and, very good and i just haven't wrapped all my gifts ah those are two different things you got to do tom yep, yep all right have a good rest of the week god be with you And thanks, John. Thanks for the compliment and thanks for the time. Yes, sir.